Hello and welcome to a special edition of Laps Gamer Radio. As a special edition, of course, this uh, this episode of Laps Gamer Radio will come with some digital gump and the season pass, so you'll get free access to our next three expansion packs. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and in this episode we will be tackling the topic of why games matter to us, uh, what it is that draws us to the medium, and why we game, really, uh, as well as what type of game we gravitate towards. Uh, given that we make a specialist gaming podcast, it's fair to say that the LGR crew are pretty passionate about video games. Uh, and I'm joined by two such people tonight, LGR stalwarts Adam Ducker and Kevin Moore. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive right in. I suppose we better... It's This is something we think we've covered before, but in the... You know, in the context of what we're talking about tonight, it's probably a good idea to cover it again, um, and that's our gaming history. So, uh, Kev, as you are um, the most mature member of the team, <laughs> that's a very political way of putting it. The most, uh, the, the the most vintage member. Yes. Um, <laughs> how? Uh, yeah. Well, what's your history with gaming? How did you get started in gaming, and how did you? What got you into it? What What made you? passionate about it i started with what could be described as a long distance relationship with gaming towards the end of the 70s um mm-hmm. my earliest gaming memories being pong so i've been in and out of bed with it for pretty much day one mm-hmm. to this day i'd say i'd say i'm not really into gaming that much but then i think about the piles of games that i'll play on the stack of consoles that i don't tend to own up to having and then spend the rest of my downtime talking about them with you and my dear listener and the rest mm-hmm. of the LGR crew. I think caring about the medium has kind of crept up on me. I can certainly remember a time when I just didn't give a shit about gaming, but that's definitely in the 90s when I was all about watching the world burn. Now I'd get totally <laughs> incensed. <laughs> now I'd get totally incensed with lazy journalists, blame gaming for something that's bad, uh, you know, for the new bad thing, like all the bees dying out or something. Now it just uh, just drives me nuts. Uh, Adam, what's your gaming um, history? So when I was about five years old, I remember we got a BBC Micro for Christmas. Oh, uh, wow. And I think my mum was always, I remember definitely being, she was always for, oh, you guys should use computers to learn how to use them for like, so because it's the future kind of, and everyone will be <laughs> using them for work. So like we had like no. things like there was... Um, Oh, what was it called? Fun School, which was like educational software that we used to have at school. So she bought us all them as well. But then my dad also had a friend that he worked at the casino with who would just copy games for us. So we had like hundreds of games. And uh, <laughs> from then I was pretty much hooked. So I was about five when we got that. And my brother was like two, two and a half, something like that. And we were both just hooked from the start, kind of. Uh, Repton was my earliest guy i vividly remember being just dazzled by it's kind of like a slower version of boulder dash um Mm. yeah but i was mesmerized by it and then from there kind of gone all over the shop really um yeah (laughs) but yeah like everyone does i know i talk about how i'm platform agnostic so we went all over the shop from there um been addicted ever since really the only quite the lulls i had i guess similar to kev saying in the 90s for me it was like the early 2000s when i was at university I kind yeah. of dropped off gaming for a little bit but then a girlfriend at the time bought me a uh, i think it was an original ds and then that kind of re-sparked my love for games and i've not really looked back mm. since 
and then I've kind of that's where other stuff started to fall by the wayside like I was definitely a film buff before university and that's kind of as much as I still like films kind of dropped off a bit did univer- uh, university did English never really recovered from that and don't really read books anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> so then video games have kind of and I'll get into a bit about when we talk about why we game but like video games have kind of filled those two gaps quite nicely um, <laughs> so yeah that's my story I guess so it seems to be that we all seem to drop off as soon as you start discovering shagging and drinking and, yeah, exactly. and just being a gad about. Yeah. yeah. The, on- the only thing I guess that survived that was football manager when I like my first year <laughs> at university because there yeah. was like three other lads on my corridor at university that were obsessed with it as well and we'd all just sit playing that. You know, like the night after when we were too tired to go out, it's like, oh, let's get fucking pizza and play football manager and we'd all be like yep <laughs> night in so that's the only lads 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 yeah exactly uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah i guess you're right it does drop off during that period i yeah i guess i had the same sort of situation i mean i i didn't i didn't start really gaming until i know my earliest memories of gaming were probably around about 1990 and I got a, uh, we got a PC, and yeah, I, I had like quite vivid memories of playing the original Duke Nukem, like before Duke Nukem 3D, when it was like a oh, side-scrolling like platform yeah. oh, wow. thing. Mm. Yeah, a 2D platformer, um, and uh, Commander Keen uh, and games like that. And then um, wasn't long after that. It was around about 92, 93, um, when I got SNES. Um, and I was kind of hooked from that point on. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a similar sort of drop-off when I went to university, mainly because like, I, I, by the time when I got to university was just as the uh, PS... Oh, no, it was the year before. I started the year before the Xbox One came out. Um, so the Xbox One, uh, sorry, the Xbox One, Xbox Three, the Xbox One. So yeah, about four hell. weeks ago, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so the Xbox Three Sixteen, the PS Four, a PS Three came out um, during my time at university, but yeah. I was a poor student, so I couldn't afford to upgrade. So I had a still had <laughs> no chance PS Two, and yeah, I had the same situation. You know, I was, I was there's too much going on. I was having too much fun drinking and socialising. Um, so I didn't game as much, apart from in like social situations, like. Uh, we would have regular games of Pro Evo um, or Mario Kart Double Dash uh, on the GameCube. Nice. Um, and one, uh, we had we spent one weekend having a golfing holiday in my friend's attic, uh, playing um, I can't what golf game it was on the Wii, uh, where we all went in like uh, tartan trousers and polo <laughs> shirts and flat caps. Okay. Uh, just got smashed and played golf on the on the Wii in my mate's attic for a weekend. Um, so yeah, gaming was kind of like a social thing then. Um, and then when I left university, uh, I started to fall back into the more, you know, serious um, single player uh, mm-hmm. sort of games. And the fact that I'd gone from li- spending some time living in a city to then moving back um, to quite a rural area because I'm going to move back with my parents for a while after university. Um, and I live in quite a rural county anyway, but I was living in a village for a while. Uh, and so sometimes the only way to entertain myself of an evening was to play video games. And that's when I started to really become engrossed in the medium, I guess. 
Um, no, oh, I was just going to say, you just reminded me of something else that we were obsessed with at university. Uh, monkey Ball, the monkey target game. Oh, man. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. game was so good. <laughs> we were obsessed with Monkey Target, just that one particular mode where you were f- flinging yourself off a ramp and landing on these yes. different shaped pyramids and stuff. Oh, um, man, yeah. It was so and there good. Was, yeah, the one with like, the targets out in the ocean. Yeah. And you had to yeah. land in the, the bullseye. Yes. It was fucking yeah, brilliant. I remember, oh, yeah, and Bishy Bashy Special. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the vein, it was yeah. a PS1 game. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It was like a WarioWare game, I think, before WarioWare was really a thing. Possibly, I don't know. It was a very WarioWare sort of game. Um, yeah. Fucking loved that game. With a, Every game lasts eight yeah. seconds. Sorry? Every game lasts eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're like really, really short, silly mini games. There was one yeah. where like uh you were a bride in a uh church and you had to like hammer two buttons to make her run, and then when she reached the end of like the beginning of the where the pews were, you'd hold another button to like angle a shot and then throw a pie and see how <laughs> far back down the church it would go. Um and there was another one where it was like a rhythm action game where there was like a beat would play and you had to repeat the beat and if you got it right then your dancer's afro would grow slightly bigger. Um, <laughs> it's loads of dumb games like that. It was so good. Sounds good. But yeah, it, just the, social stuff. You know? Yeah, weird uh, quick fire like zany games as well were always a hit. Like I guess the story stuff kind of isn't conducive to being at university but those zany no. things kind of are. Um, so yeah, that's it. I feel sorry for this generation then because there's no decent golf games anymore. You know, there's only no. Tiger Woods, but ugh, that's just too involved. You want something like Super yeah. Mario Golf? Yeah, yeah. Um, what is everybody's golf? Yeah, uh, I think that's of... still a series. Uh, that's yeah, kind of casual, What's... but it's not the same. Yeah, but that's a. I think there's only PS Vita that's do, uh, doing that one now. I might I think be wrong. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only one I played recently was on Vita. Yeah. yeah it's the only one I know of. <laughs> not quite the same. <laughs> I'm sure it has pass and play gameplay, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right, I guess we should probably move on to why it is that we game. Um, so, I guess what it is about video games that keep us uh, coming back to the medium. Um, Adam, do you want to start us off? Um, yeah, so for me, I guess... You could look at it in like phases almost. Definitely as a kid, it was just the like wonder and the spectacle of it all and um, kind of just the amazement at it. And then you would kind of fill in the plot yourself kind of and make your own stories with your imagination. I remember having a uh, one of those fun facts binder things and it would have graph... One of the things was it had graph paper in the back of it. I'd like draw my own Mario levels and stuff, but also write a bit of a story oh, about yes. what Mario was facing this time kind of thing. So then it was yeah. like, for as a child, it's like another avenue into your imagination and like just pure escapism mm. and like being in a fantasy world, but it's seeing it realized in some form. Um, I've never really played games for the challenge because I don't feel I've been particularly ever good at games. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it's never really been that. But then as time's gone on, I do like the challenge of like multiplayer stuff. Um, so I was always comparing with my brother, but then we kind of stopped playing multiplayer games when I beat him at Street Fighter once in an arcade. And then he kind of refused to play stuff with me again because I kind of embarrassed him, I think. Um, and then, 
yeah, for me, the big one now is like storytelling. As I said before, it's kind of mm. replaced. I guess I've got older and have less imagination now. I'm not the sprightly kid I was. So I just want a good story <laughs> out there in front of me. Um, yeah. And I feel like video game is, games are maturing a lot and there's definitely good stories to be had there. And I certainly mm. find it more engaging than TV. Um, so I'm really, I yeah, it's the primary medium by which I consume like narrative fiction now um mm. a lot of the books i read i read like um autobiographies or things nothing as much i don't read as much fiction as i used to and <laughs> i read instruction manuals <laughs> well, each to their own um, <laughs> diy books whatever you want uh those yeah. uh is it haynes manuals oh yeah the car ones yeah for the cars yeah, yeah my dad used to collect them um <laughs> so yeah that's kind of it really um it's mostly the story thing i do in the, the i guess now the challenge of multiplayer i do play some games online socially but not as much as i used to and that's another one that's kind of gone in peaks and troughs i guess because when i first moved here uh to canada i got my xbox and stuff pretty that was relatively early on in me moving here i guess and then I had mm. my uh, mate Chris that I befriended and stuff, and it was a good way for us to like get to know each other. Like, we'd spend a lot of nights playing FIFA and stuff, so it became a good social thing and kind yeah, of helped. Mm. A bit like how university, it's a simple thing to sit and play FIFA with somebody because you can just talk about that. It's like a icebreaker almost without being <clears throat> without being one of those awkward things when you go to a work training day and they're like, all right, let's do an <laughs> icebreaker. It's kind of like a natural thing because you're stuck playing a game with somebody, you've got a headset on and you just chat. Um, so yeah, that's less so, but it's definitely why I continually game is to see the medium like pushed forward from a storytelling point of view. Oh, why I game is kind of yes, yeah, it's, it's changed as well over the years. Like when I was a kid, I think had the same sort of thing. Especially having spent quite a lot of my childhood playing uh, Nintendo games, it you know on the the, the SNES and uh, an N sixty four was that sort of sense of childlike wonder. Yeah. Um, that Nintendo does so well with their first party games. Um and then when I kind of grew up uh it's it's almost like it's weird it's almost like you know at the um the when the consoles came out uh, and like different uh the way the way the different games became more popular as as time's gone along. It's kind of fit in nicely with where I was in my life. And so when I was a kid like Nintendo's heyday yeah, yeah. Um, and then the uh, as I was you know as I got a little bit older, uh, the PlayStation One came out. You know that was the edgy console with the you know with the slightly more grown up games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like when when I was at university, the whole thing was just far more social. Um, it's become quite a little bit more serious uh, in recent years. Like um, it's become grim. Um, no, not I mean not in terms of like uh, the storytelling because I still play plenty of like happy happy joy games, you know. But um, I kind of, as well as like looking for, you know, different things. Like I play certain games because I fancy a challenge, or I fancy, or I play like a, a Destiny or something like that because it's kind of a social thing that I can chat to to, to mates online. Uh, or I'll play games that are very narrative heavy because I want a story. But sometimes I just play games just for just for sheer escapism just to get out of my head for a while um because 
I, I don't know if I've really talked about it on the podcast before, but um, I suffer from depression and anxiety problems. And um, sometimes TV shows and films are just not enough because they, uh, it needs to be exceptionally engaging to stop my mind wandering. Um, whereas mm. when you're playing a game, you're more engaged. This is one of those arguments I just have with my parents is like, Oh, why you sit down there playing games for hours, but then they'll sit in front of the TV for hours in the evening. It's like, well, what <laughs> I'm fine, doing yeah. is a lot more engaging than what you're doing because yeah. I'm actually, you know, you're concentrating involved in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm concentrating on it. Uh, and so, games are not like a crutch or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just a way sometimes for me to just forget about everything, just get out of my head for a while and just immerse myself in, hmm. um, you know, in a world. And as, like, game, as the, 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 you know, the technology has become more and more incredible, really, uh, and people, uh, game developers have been able to create more and more fantastical, beautiful worlds to, to immerse yourself in, it's just become more and more easy just to lose myself for an evening. Sorry to bring the tone yeah. down a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> yours is a bit different to mine because I struggle to play video games when I'm going through like darker times because I find it too overwhelming. I'm the opposite. Like I want to be like it does. Like you said, it has to be something really engaging. But I almost mm. want to indulge in the more passive nature of TV when I'm feeling down because it's just like too much effort to play games. Even it doesn't matter how absorbing it is. It's almost like if I'm at my lowest ebb, I just cannot be asked to do anything. So it's interesting to hear that mm. you almost use well, it for no, the I exact mean, like, reason I can't use it. Kind I'm of not way. gonna. I'm not gonna jump on like a game of Overwatch yeah. and like start playing ranked <laughs> games or yeah, yeah. decide to play some StarCraft online and get my ass handed to me because that'll just make me feel worse. But like uh, jumping into uh, you know a big open world game, a big open world RPG or something like that. Um, that's kind of you can take at your own pace but has an engaging story and things to explore uh, it's why i've uh, i think it's one of the reasons why i love big open world rpg so much why i love the witcher so much and why i love mm-hmm. skyrim and why i'm i'm still loving uh breath of the wild because you can just lose yourself in it for a while yeah yeah I yeah it gives it. you focus yeah, yeah but it's just not on <laughs> anything that's around you at the moment mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah. And I don't have to deal with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I tend to do the same yeah. thing. I tend to see gaming as a release valve. It's a short-lived escape from everything for a while and a chance to engage in something you've never experienced in your normal humdrum existence. Hmm. You know, so it's a similar kind of thing. You just sort of lock yourself away, don't you? I mean, I've yeah. played I've played more online this last year than I've ever played thanks to LGR. No offense, mm. guys. I still prefer <laughs> solitary gaming though. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah, it makes it makes for a more personal experience. <gasps> I think I I just really enjoy to lock in, you know, and like Mark, you know, just immerse yourself and <laughs> just forget about everything. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably where I get out of gaming. You know, it's just a an escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's because it is. It's more. It's like what you come, like you were saying, and with like the storytelling thing is like. Mm. Um, uh, there is pro. There is now more of a wealth of good television to watch than there probably ever has been. Oh yeah, mm. like um, good quality, like high budget TV kind of stuff that you yeah. want because yes. like you think. 
in the past or even some like there's a lot of like lower budget shows where you kind of can't get into it as well because it's just mm. you can't see past the shortcomings kind of i hope you're not knocking crossroads that was classic <laughs> <laughs> no i was thinking more of like brookside or something <laughs> <laughs> no it's like, i know yeah as as like uh online streaming services and some u.s cable channels even like the bbc and channel four and people like that have like tried to raise themselves up to the standard that i guess hbo set um, yes like tv's become yeah. in like incredibly good incredibly good and you know film i still love cinema but um there's there's been a very few ex- uh, there's been very few books that i've read in the last um i should just end that sentence said it's very few books that I've read. <laughs> um now there's very few books that i've read uh, say in the last five to ten years um and very few films or TV shows that I've watched in this, about the same span of time, really, that have had the same sort of effect on me um, as certain games have. And not just narrative. Like, um, remember we did the uh, playlist episode on Brothers yeah. uh, the other year. And that doesn't have any, you know, um, intelligible dialogue whatsoever. Um, that had things like and Journey as well. Um, but then games with like with stories, uh, The Last of Us, uh, recently Oxenfree, um, I've had more, they've, well, even, even uh, a lot of people didn't like it, but, uh, the end of Bioshock Infinite, um, kind of left me thinking more than any, almost any TV show, film or book has in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because you are interacting with it, um. Uh, it's not just you're not just sitting there and passively having a story fed to you. You are interacting with it, and especially when it's something where there are choices involved, um, and the the uh, the way the story plays out is dependent on how you what, your input into it. Hmm. It means that it has a little bit more of a of an impact on you because, like, a TV show or a film or a book can't make you feel guilty for for example. Um, because yeah. you don't have any agency. But there have been moments in games where there are choices, where something's happened because of a choice I've made, and I've felt guilt. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've never got that from another medium. No. That's yeah, true. good point. Hmm. You Mind you, I don't know. I've seen some Brookside where I've felt a bit guilty about watching it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, well, I've probably stumbled a little bit ahead, but um, I guess we should probably do this bit now. But... Um, uh, do you guys what 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 do you get out of games that other mediums can't give you? I'm a bit like you, you know. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's the theme. I think it's the theme between all of us, really. It's just mm. that you're an active protagonist in a piece of art rather than a passive observer, you yeah. know. And um, it's something I think we all share to a, a certain degree. But there's enough of, de- of a degree of artistry involved in video games that I'm uh, not. not gonna just blaze out and say you're interacting with a piece of art at level you can't be it can't be attained by any other medium um it can be immensely satisfying but it can equally be frustrating too yeah yeah you know it's just it's an art it's definitely an art and um, it is that's something we've talked about before you know but um i'll go full guns at anybody that's tries to um, knock it for what it is. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, I guess the other thing for me is not to say that like movies can't be sociable. Like you can, so obviously, copious amounts of discussion can come out of a movie or a book. Oh, or definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's not as immediately yeah. sociable, kind of like in the moment. Like I'm no. thinking of the multiplayer mm. stuff. Like you don't want to be that person that's whispering all the way through a movie at the cinema. You don't want to be that person that's <laughs> talking and everyone has to shush at home when you're all sat around the sofa. Like, I guess yeah. um, the only exception I can think of to that is watching a one of those like So Bad It's Good films with a group of friends. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first time some friends of mine showed me The Room. Um, <laughs> I don't think... If I'd watched that on my own, it wouldn't have been the same experience as it was watching it with other people. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but they're like exceptions. Yeah. Um, so it's just that I guess almost the immediate immediate social gratification kind of is something that mm. I do gravitate towards when I want it. Like some of the funniest times we've had everyone around to our houses playing Jackbox and stuff. And you, where are you getting yeah. that experience? Watching TV or something? <laughs> you kind of not like. Unless you're watching some weird lewd quiz show, but then it's still not quite as... <laughs> it's not the same. Like, you're not getting... It's like you're, the way you can personalise things in that game, for example, is fascinating. Um, yeah. So, yeah. There's also something that I feel it offers that you can't really find elsewhere. Mm. But And I also agree with everything you two just said about uh, story and narrative and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add. You guys pretty much nailed it. Right. In that case, then I'm going to just disagree with all of you. I think games are shit. So, in fact, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm going. Yeah, I don't think this was ever going to be a debate. There's always going to be a bit of a loving. Yeah, we're all pretty much of 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 the same mind. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The only thing uh, when it comes to narrative games, uh, when you've got a narrative game with choices, it's like I. Uh, if I watch one of my favourite films uh, a second, third, fourth time, it's I might see different things in the film, but the story is going to play out the same way every time. Yes. Same as if I read one of my favourite books. Uh, if I play a game with choices, um, as long as they actually matter, uh, so not really Mass Effect, um, but um, <laughs> but you know, being able to experience the same piece of art a second third time and it play out differently yeah is something that you can't really get except for maybe choose your own adventure books they were awesome yeah they were were, (laughs) give yourself oh man i had so many give yourself goosebumps books (laughs) (laughs) what was the other guy was it ian livingstone or something they were good uh oh that name rings a bell yeah he did the what is it like warlock of firetop mountain and the Forest of Doom and stuff like that. I think. I think that's his name. Yeah. You'd rec- if you googled his name, you'd probably recognise the covers. They had his yeah, name in like a massive you. font. In it was in a, on a scroll or on a map or something. Um, yeah. yeah. Fighting fantasy or yeah, they were good books. Nice. So we touched on it a little bit, but um, what sort of games do we gravitate towards more than others? Um, um, Kev, do you want to start us off? It's a tough one. I don't think I've got a particular type. I'm pretty cheap. Well, Lego. There you go. What type of games you gravitate towards is cheap games and Lego. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
No, I think Lego would just use as a touchstone. Everything else then is just gravy. Um, <laughs> Brad, no, I tend to steer clear of first-person shooters, for instance, because they tend to be a big turn-off. You've got a slim chance of seeing me playing a grunt online in Gears of War, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely my kryptonite. Um, but it's... <sighs> It's not me closing the door blindly on it, though, because I've completed at least two Call of Duty games, for instance. So (laughs) it's not without, you know, even trying them out. I will give it a shot. I did uh, um, Call hmm. of Juarez Gunslinger, whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was first person. Yeah, that was was a really good game, actually. I need need (laughs) to finish that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'd never say never, you know, because mm. you just don't know what you're going to get from a game from one minute to the next anyway. Yeah. Um, I think we're just in a really good position now. Um, you know, there's just so much coming out and it's so easy to just pick and choose, you know, and, and just go, oh, that looks quite interesting. I'll pick that up, you know, and especially with stuff like um, Steam coming along where it's just throwing stuff at you for pence, you know, you mm. just pick it up whenever you want yeah um it's become less of an investment you know i mean you go back to well talking about snes games you know um you were talking about 80 quid for a game you know so you and you and you'd like you it used to be you and your brother you know for instance would always save up all your pocket money and you'd play this one game for about the next three and a half years yep Whereas you couldn't afford anything you else. You couldn't afford yeah. another one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, now you've just got a wealth of stuff out there. I mean, like PSN. Um, the PSN store has always got something going cheap. Well, what have you picked up this week? You've picked up about three, <laughs> you know, yeah, for a, yeah. all less than a tenner together. Yeah. Yeah, so it's you've got a wealth of stuff, I think, and um, it's just keep your mind open and just think that looks like a could quite a, a, fancy that hmm mm. Adam how about you no no preference I'll play kind of what interests me almost um, mm. like even if I'm thinking back of the last few games I've played like in the last couple of weeks I just finished Mass Effect Andromeda so like a western RPG shooter I uh, played yeah. Beyond Two Souls which is like a more of an interactive movie Almost. Yeah. Playing Thimbleweed Park, which is an old point and click game. And mm. then I just started playing uh, Binary Domain, which is a third person shooter. So then it's mm. quite yeah. kind of like broad across. And I've also just down, there's a, we're talking about cheap stuff. There's a 360 sale on the, the moment stuff that's backwards compatible. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I just picked up Castlevania Symphony in the night because I was like, I've never played it. It was on my list of games I wanted to beat. And I was like, I'll play it on Xbox instead of on. Whatever else I was planning, I think I was going to whip out my old PlayStation and try and find a copy or something. Um, yeah. or I might have bought mm. on PSN, it might be on my PS3. So then I was like, it's almost like going back and everyone talks about that as the best 2D Castlevania that's like the Metroidvanias. And it's like almost wanting to mm. gravitate towards stuff that perhaps has some sort of historical significance, kind of like the Metroidvania genre is insane yeah. these days. Like you've got all these roguelike versions of them popping up. So it'd be cool to go back. So I kind of, no, I don't gravitate towards anything. I think that's it's one of the things that speaks to, I guess, your passion more of the 
of the it becomes more of a hobby when you're willing to try other things like people that casually just Definitely. play games are like oh i play madden i play fifa i play nba or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i play cod like yeah. they still they could still be just as into those things like there's people that are insanely into call of duty and it's literally all they play yeah um mm-hmm. that's not to like un like diminish their passion or how good they are or their enthusiasm but it's a different kind of uh passion than being passionate for their hobby as a whole or like the industry as a whole. So I think mm. that that plays on that, the fact that I'll just play anything that's interesting, um, either historically or it's about trusting, like finding those reviewers you kind of trust or previewers yeah. or YouTubers and like kind of going with what they're saying is good and like gravitate towards and gravitate towards a lot of recommendations from people on YouTube or like I know we always talk about Game Maker's Toolkit on these podcasts. But whenever, whenever he's talking about, for example, like he recently did one on Dead Space and he'll mention other games. So like whatever he goes, like those touchstones, he kind of goes back to and says, oh, this is an example of good gameplay design for this, this and this. And then it's like, oh, interesting. I never played that. That's cool to hear that he did it that way. So it's always like a different reason why you're gravitating towards it rather than just a review score. Um so yeah, more mm. the opinions and stuff, uh, things I definitely gravitate towards rather than particular genres. Yeah, sometimes it could just be a mechanic or something like that yeah. that could hook you in. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just one thing. It's really ironic as well because the people that um, we we always sort of, well, not necessarily always, but you know, you tend to look at the people that play Call of Duty just religiously and FIFA religiously and what have you, each year on year they get the new iteration. And people look down the nose and say, well, they're just casual gamers. But no, I think I'm probably more casual than those, you know, because they clock up more hours in yeah. play in these yeah. games than I would ever do in a year. I've always kind of said the same thing about when people say uh, geeks. Like You can be a geek about a sport if you know like every single thing, every oh, statistic yeah. there is to yeah. that. Oh, and absolutely. It's, yeah. it's not different in any way. It's just a more, for some reason, it's socially acceptable to know how many penalty kicks Messi's scored in the last 10 years or something than it yeah. is, to, yeah. than it is mm. to know how many I don't know different moves there are in Street Fighter or something um, mm. so yeah I agree do you think it's becoming a bit more sociably accepted oh. though these days yeah. it just seems like it's really come over I mean you look at when we've all really sort of really got into the swing of it um, in, in the 90s um, <clears throat> myself kind of in with that (laughs) but during the 90s you know it was still sort of quite niche you'd got stuff like ministry sound that were doing a weird room you know where you could play wipeout on ps1s and stuff like that and that was like the first sort of becoming accepted as oh this could be quite cool you know and um it's kind of got overground since then yeah definitely uh uh changed over time or is changing to a certain extent um it depends on i guess uh, for me i guess it's, it kind of depends on the age range of the person i'm speaking to and even to be honest even people around my own age um sometimes i feel a little bit like um <clears throat> if uh, someone asks me uh, on a monday night which is when we usually record a podcast uh, i'm at work on monday oh you got anything planned for this evening uh, yeah i've got a, a podcast to record and i say okay what's your podcast about and i find myself being like <laughs> oh yeah um, um maurice dancing 
hobbyist. <laughs> it's a hobbyist yeah, podcast. Uh, <laughs> a hobbyist podcast, yeah. Um, because uh, I don't know. It's it's. I still feel that you kind of get judged, maybe. Like, and, and some it's it, even with people around my own age. I guess it depends on the sort of games to talk about like so yeah. uh, one of the, the guys in my team is a bit younger than me um he recently got himself an xbox one so he can play fifa uh and so i can hmm. talk to him uh, about fifa and how our career modes are going and and which players we sign for which clubs and whatnot um i wouldn't probably wouldn't have a try and have a conversation with him about um a side quest in the witcher 3 uh or something like that because <laughs> That's a little bit further into serious gaming than than I guess he is, um, without yeah. trying to sound pretentious. Yeah. Um, hmm. Not at all. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to it echoes what Adam's parents were like, you know, as far as oh, what are you doing doing that, you know? Yeah. Don't why don't you do something more useful? Like, you know, <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah, but yeah. then they'll just sit in front of the TV and <laughs> you think, well, yeah, okay, then you watch EastEnders, I'm just going to save the universe. Yeah, why yeah. am I sat learning to type on a BBC Micro and you're watching EastEnders? <laughs> <laughs> How's this fair? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, coming back to what sort of games we gravitate towards, I... Um uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm probably the, the same as you guys in that I have uh, quite varied tastes. There aren't many genres that I won't tr- at least try. Um, and I, if I look back at even just like the list of games that I've played so far this year, um, there's quite a varied genre. If I look at like the list of my favourite games of all time, it's quite a varied genre. Uh, and I'm still. You know, uh, I've never been massively into puzzle games, but at the moment I am hopelessly addicted to Puyo Puyo Tetris. Um, <laughs> I have recently jumped headfirst and got kind of hooked on um, uh, a couple of games in the MOBA genre, which is like, you know, a massive um, genre, massively popular genre of video games that I, you know, kind of was aware of but didn't really know anything about for years. Um, but there are certain types of games that I think I lean more towards. Like I've always been a sucker for a really good stealth game. Um, I loved the the Metal Gear series, and I loved um, uh, Splinter Cell, and I loved Dishonored, and I used to love Thief and games like that. It's something about stealth games that are just uh, I I just like how methodical they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the one particular genre which I find myself going back to time and time again is a really good RPG. There's just something about RPGs that uh, that I just adore. Uh, and when they're done well, um, I've just fallen in love with them. So yeah, there's, but there's, if, if I if I had to pick, if someone said I could only play one type of video game, um, I'd say RPGs. But as it is, have given the breadth of all games. Um, yeah, I kind of jump between quite a lot of different types. Yeah, yeah. I think it's again, it's down to um, Adam's same viewers um, consoles, isn't it? You remain agnostic about it because you just never know what you, what surprises you're going to get out there. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, out of something completely random, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if um, if one of you guys, uh, if any of the guys off the team recommends a game to me, um, regardless of what genre it is, I'm quite likely to want to check it out. Because, oh, yeah. mm, even if it's just watching know, a video can... of it or something. Yeah. Um, well, it's also a great leveller, because... I mean, we're all from different backgrounds, um, and different age groups as well. You know, I mean, I can be talking to you about something that's out this week, and quite happily, and I've got at least twenty years on you. You know, and yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's it's like with the people I work with. You know, they're into games and stuff, and I'm talking to them about it, and I'm thinking, Christ Almighty, I'm older than your dad. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, but you know, I. I I don't see it as being something that's for an age. And Colin will probably agree with me on this one as well. (laughs) Because, you know, you can just be as engaged now as you were 40 years ago. Mm. Yeah. I think it's what what you put into it is what you get out of it as well. Yeah, I mean, um, as, as we get older, our reaction speeds maybe get a little bit slower. Um, oh, I'm, never gonna, uh, yeah, I'm never going to be uh, uh, an esports champion at, at <laughs> Starcraft or Overwatch or something like that. Um, but I, I, I don't think my my love of, the, of video games is ever going to diminish. It's, I think it's it's gotten. Uh, I've become more passionate about it as the years have gone on and I, I, I don't think that will slow down. Maybe, you know, as uh, as time becomes more restricted in the future, if I have a family and more responsibilities, uh, I'd probably get to play less, but I don't think that will diminish my love of gaming. It's surprising. I don't think you get to play less. I think you get to play more craftily. Mm. You know, you, you tend to think, right, I can't actually get to a console, but I've got a handheld. <laughs> Or I've yeah. got my phone on me. You just mm. find ways of getting. It's like having a crack habit. You've just got to get. <laughs> <laughs> you got. You got to shoot up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go hide behind the bins around the back of Primark and pull your switch out and have a quick game of Mario Kart. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess we've again we've touched on it a little bit already, but um. How's our relationship with gaming's changed over the years? Um, has have we, if we, has our taste in the type of games that we enjoy changed at all over the years? And have we been able to become more open about our passion of gaming with people who perhaps aren't similarly minded? I mean, like I've already touched a little bit on that, and um, I think that probably speaks more to my uh, kind of social anxiety issues that I don't feel comfortable talking to um, people outside of specific groups about video games, Mm. but uh, have you guys felt more comfortable talking about games openly with, uh, or being a gamer uh, openly Mm. with people? Yes, Definitely, but I I think that ties in with what I was saying about since the 90s, you know, it seems like it's become a, a bit more acceptable um, but it's weird because because of my age now. If I say that I'm a gamer, they'd look at me as if to say, "Why? 
you know, aren't you supposed to be doing crochet or just learning things with wood? <laughs> you know, it's like, what? <laughs> aren't I supposed to be yeah. going for long walks or something? <laughs> so Yeah, I, I yeah. think people of an older generation maybe still have, I don't think it's not just an older generation. I think certain people in the mainstream, I guess, um, who perhaps view it as being a waste of time or a childish pursuit. Hmm. Yeah. Um, when they if they don't know better, maybe they've got just memories of even people like my own age. Maybe they haven't gamed for a long time, and their memories of games are the sort of games that were out when they were kids, and they don't realise because the only thing they see in the news uh, is Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and FIFA and things like that. They don't see how how much the uh, video games have matured. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm. in storytelling and and uh, the, the the sort of topics that they that they cover, especially in uh, the sort of indie um, arena of video games, where oh, definitely. if you're not uh, if yeah if you're not like you know a, a video game enthusiast, I guess you just wouldn't hear about them at all. Yeah, it's a shame as well because there's so much that they are pushing the the genre itself. You know that they are pushing the whole concept of gaming a lot harder than the uh, majors mm-hmm. which is a real shame yeah um, well, there it's well it's the same thing with film i guess um yeah. and tv and things like that to a certain extent is that like you're not going to get apart from the odd exception um apart from you know maybe a Christopher Nolan film or someone like that, you're not going to get particularly thoughtful blockbuster movies. Uh, <laughs> no. And you're, the same as you're not going to get yeah. particularly thoughtful blockbuster video games, but it is slowly creeping in. Um, you know, I, I think for AAA games, probably something like uh, The Last of Us uh, would be sort of a high watermark on, on how to tell a, a genuinely moving um story uh, in a big budget triple a video game yeah uh, and there are other examples as well and that are popping into my head at the moment but uh, you know <laughs> well this um, um stuff like grand theft auto 4 bizarrely you've got quite a good story for uh, nico and obviously his cousin and the whole fallout from the wedding you know there's yeah. there's quite a lot of um but it's a good tale about family basically isn't it that one and uh yeah and a man trying to escape his violent past but getting dragged straight back yeah, into it yeah it kind of gets uh i suppose it gets, it gets sometimes gets a little bit lost in all the chaos and running grannies over on the pavements <laughs> and whatnot and, yeah. um but yeah i know what you mean uh there is i mean i'm just looking at my game at the shelf at the moment and I'm just one jumping out the moment red dead redemption um oh, had yeah. some quite adult serious story beats in there uh, mm. it's another rockstar game um and uh, the witcher 3 uh, another one can see on my shelf at the moment that that had got some quite upsetting um not like in a oh my god that's unpleasant to watch but like uh emotionally mm. like yeah. upsetting Especially story the beats and stuff as well and then there's that one yeah with that, and uh, what's he called that king the the bloody baron that's it. yeah yeah that's yeah, awesome. his bloody baron, the bloody baron. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the, I mean, but it, it is kind of um, few and far between still. But it's getting, it's getting better. Uh, but 
yeah, it's the outside observer who doesn't really know much about video games. They're kind of missing, you know, even games that I guess you can't really call, well, you might not call video games, like um, some of the... Um, Oh, what are they? What's the system called where you can make quite simple games? Twine. Uh, yeah, Twine games. Yeah. yeah. Um, people tackling quite complex subjects uh, in games like that. I mean, like, uh, uh, what was that video game um, about the a guy who works in a call center? He's just got a bit of a miserable life. Actual sunlight. Oh no, it's not not one I was thinking of. Oh. But yeah, that's a that's another example. No, the the, the one I was thinking of is called uh, I get this call every day. Oh okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, actual sunlight's another good example. It's like, how could you effectively? portray in any other medium how depressing it is <laughs> to work in a call center <laughs> um, without it being incredibly boring um, or something like uh, Papers, Please like um, that's just a game about someone who sits in a booth at a border all day and stamps people, lets people through or stops people from coming through and the uh, family um, side that of that is quite dark yeah. <laughs> yeah the sort of things that that game makes you feel and yeah. stuff like, it's it's becoming in, in some respects an incredibly mature art form yeah but only on or most mostly only on the uh the underground uh, indie scene um which you only really hear about if you're already someone who cares about video games yeah, yeah. So it does. I, I guess it does make it difficult, um, well, especially difficult for for someone like me to to talk to the average person about yeah a, a, about video games apart from just like scratching the surface, like oh yeah, it's a, a few games of FIFA last night. It was it was great fun, uh, or whatever. Um, well, Mario Kart. Mario Kart seems to be the unifier. Everybody loves Mario Kart. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh I think yeah. actually no the, the Wii did did quite a lot for that. Like I'm there are people who I work with who will never describe as a gamer mm. um who have played Wii games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wii true. got everywhere. If you remember there used to be yeah. footage of old folks homes where they'd yeah. all be playing Wii sports because they found out that it was actually good for the aging joints and stuff. Exactly, yeah. You know that yeah. that really did have a massive penetration. Yeah, yes, like sort of like fun little party game sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I as I've become more passionate about video games, I found it more and more difficult to talk up to uh, everyday normal people about them. Yeah, <laughs> luckily kind of, you're cause... not talking to everyday normal people most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean though. So you want to engage with it and on like a level that they're not able to because they just don't have the interest. It's not about it's not like politics or something where everyone can kind of have an opinion by osmosis because they pick up what they see in the news or the newspapers. Like video games, not everyone mm. has an opinion about them. So you kind of yeah. can't have the yeah. same engagement, like whether people's opinions are right or wrong. You can't have that same engagement as you can about a lot of other topics. No. Although you are less likely to have a fight in a pub over a video game than you are that's at politics. True. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Things would be more civil. Yeah, uh, and I guess I mean I'm glad that we've got the internet, <laughs> really, um, <laughs> for exactly that reason. Because 
it's instead of being able because you know without the internet i wouldn't be able to talk to you guys mm -hmm. on a regular basis about mm. video games i yeah. would just kind of uh i don't know <laughs> i just i'd have no one to yeah you wouldn't have no that outlet, outlet to talk yeah. about them. Exactly. yeah 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 i think um, it's the positive side of um social media this oh, is yeah. probably the, yeah. the one side effect that's actually good um you know a force for good i think uh, the video game fans uh are can be both the best and the worst thing about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> they can be absolute knob jockeys. <laughs> yes, they can. Um, but again, so can fans about anything. I feel exactly the same true. about Southampton fans. Like, <laughs> they can't. They're not allowed. They shouldn't be allowed on the. There's internet. only four of you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we've had some uh, listener feedback uh, and also a bit of feedback from uh, one of our team members who couldn't join us this evening. Uh, first of all, a uh, friend of the show, uh, past and hopefully future guest, Andy Palmer, at Remelaptar on Twitter. Uh, he said, problem solving, the reward of satisfaction when things go right, the joy of no limits exploration of a beautifully conceived world, and Dark Souls. <laughs> 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 Andy loves Dark Souls. Um, yeah, that's something that you can't really get from other mediums, I guess, is problem solving, uh, apart mm. from if you're doing like a Sudoku puzzle or something like that. Um, or uh, do people do math problems for fun? Guess people um, watch Countdown and play along, don't they? That's true, yeah. <laughs> like people genuinely yeah. do that, so yeah, I guess that's kind of a middle ground, like it's almost competitive, but not because you're probably doing it on your own. <laughs> right, no, let's no. get this right then. Andy's basically said exactly what we've said, but in 140 characters instead of an hour's chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we probably should have just done that Damn instead it, of Andy. recording this. <laughs> <laughs> um, friend of the show, Mike, at TestTube27. He says, uh, the stories, both the narratives presented to us and the stories we make ourselves. Um yeah, I guess that kind of echoes uh, quite what you were saying, Adam, about how yeah, like uh, you get more involved in a story, I guess, in a video game yeah. uh, on the whole than you do in other mediums. Hmm. Yeah, and then if I, it's written well. Yeah, and then I guess the stories you make yourself is kind of talking about uh, like emergent gameplay stuff, like the stuff you come out with that you retell to people, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah that's one of the wondrous things I, I like. Uh, that, that, like You see every now and get them with certain games. Um, we've seen it a lot recently with Breath of the Wild, is that sort of like... The, the same sort of chatter that you would get on a like this like on the playground at school when you were a kid, mm. uh, talking about whatever game you've been playing the night before and what yep. you discovered, is like people discovering things in uh, Breath of the Wild and then sharing them with the rest of the world. And be like, oh my god, that's amazing! I've got to try mm. that out. And then yeah. discovering something else. And totally, yeah. yeah, I love I love that stuff, like emergent gameplay where where you create the stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, our good friend Colum. Uh, at Solemn67 uh, says the gaming keeps me sane well saner than I would be if I didn't have games in my life <laughs> uh, gaming gives me so much I can't put into small sentences which surprised me because I thought uh, Column could only talk in small sentences <laughs> that's very true <laughs> no that's mean he's a very sharp lad um, <laughs> well yeah he says he keeps them sane but Colin wouldn't be Colin if he was com if he was completely sane. So yeah, I, mean, I think you were a pod people if he were. 
<laughs> so at least he's got just the right amount of balance in his life. Uh, we've had quite a bit of feedback from um, from Ali, um, who uh, unfortunately couldn't join us this evening. Um, start off with uh, Ali's history of gaming, Adam, if you want to sure. do the honours. Uh, so he started gaming on a Spectrum in his single-digit years. Also remembers playing the original Prince of Persia on the BBC, he thinks. That game was a bastard to play, I tell you. Oh, 60-minute... Like a uh, sixty-minute time limit to complete the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And what? Keyboard, I, like <laughs> I remember that. The keyboard was never precise enough for the jumps you had to do. Like they were pixel perfect. No. Yeah. Um, it goes on to say it's just one of them hobbies that have always been a part of my life. I was mainly a PC gamer until my parents buckled and bought me a PS One. But I had access to a Mate's N sixty four, which you also let me have when going on holiday i guess i have just been hooked from the first game i played to me it's like playing a really long and in-depth movie but you're controlling what is happening and in some games even the ending you get then the buzz of going to school college work or just talking to random people on the internet about what end you got other than starting gaming it would be the spectrum and the commodore 64 and having to rewind the tapes to be able to play the game uh, my brother also had a Master System and a Mega Drive. They were great, great fun to play. When I knew it was just part of my life, when others were going out doing stupid things, drinking in parks, and I was at my mates out staying up le- until we completed the latest MGS for weekends on end. So yeah, so I guess he kind of bunkered in and went whole hog on it rather than... doesn't sound like he had that the lapsed 20s that some of us had perhaps. Yeah. So yeah, fair play to him. It continues with why he games. Um, It says, I game because not only is it a hobby to play and share on YouTube, but also a way of escaping reality. Yeah, get exactly what he means there. For the X amount of time you're playing the game, you're in another world, and if you're in the house on your own alone, you are in the world with no distractions. It can be a great stress reliever as well, as sometimes... Provo- as, as well as sometimes provoking it <laughs> the challenge <laughs> yeah the challenge and social aspect is one of the best and which comes to bear on racing games for me don't worry mark i will get there on, on mario kart 8 <laughs> <laughs> i will train you well ali <laughs> <laughs> but even being able as but even being able to be as close to a realistic race around um, some of the most exotic tracks is in the world is awesome you also meet some dicks, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm sure we all have a funny story about that. <laughs> but again, sharing the experience or an experience with others is still awesome. Just uh, coming on to that, uh, one of the few times I did sit down of an evening when I was at uni and play uh, not a social kind of uh, sort of game uh, was when a mate had... Um, it was the first Modern Warfare on 360. Um, you know, the heyday of uh, Xbox Live when everybody would be playing with a headset on. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it was just torrents of abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, me and a mate sat there one evening, a little bit worse for wear, just playing Modern Warfare. And we'd just take it in turns swapping the controller between each other. And whoever had, Whoever didn't have the controller would be wearing the headset so they could concentrate on talking to this bunch of Americans that was in this game with us. And I remember at one point, like, 
they started asking us questions about Britain. Um, and they were they were genuinely asking questions like they they I don't think they were old enough to to, to like to be asking these ironically. Um, <laughs> they said, "Do you have black people in Britain?" It's <laughs> 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 not what I was expecting. Um, this to oh god! <laughs> that whole conversation we had with them is one of the most surreal moments I've ever had in online gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Back to to, to uh, Ali's post. Um, moving on to the type of games he says he plays. Uh, it is racing, but more specifically sim racing. Uh, racing is my weak point. I love me a good racing game. The more realistic, the better. And you never would have guessed that if you've looked at his YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> it's almost all racing games. Um, RPGs and JRPGs. Man after my own heart. Um, action games, MMO RPGs, which is a genre I've never really gotten into uh, at all. Um, FPS and uh, puzzle games. Um, and what he says that that what video games offer that other mediums don't. Uh, he says length, who uh, misses. Um, I couldn't imagine playing a game for a uh, hundred plus hours, but games seem to keep me there and going back for more. Uh, and sum up, um, talking about his relationship, how his relationship with video games has changed over the years, he said, uh, I think joining the podcasts uh, um, and more people being open about the fact that they're gamers uh, has meant that it's become much more acceptable recently. Uh, and I've been introduced to more games uh, and tried different things. Um, says, uh, I struggle to play retro games just because I have such awesome memories of playing these games and you go back and it's just not the same, which I guess is different with other mediums uh, other than you might understand something uh, a little more or see some of the bad bits, uh, but you'll still like it. Um, that's a good point, actually. Uh, I yeah. mean, it depends. Uh, going back and playing like old 2D pixel art games is fine. Most of those have aged quite well. Uh, if you go back and play a PS1 game now, oh, or mm. an N64, like the Clunky. early days of 3D, um, they've like when people hadn't figured out the controls, yeah, and sure. yeah. the the graphics were very. Going back primitive. to last year when we were doing Resident Evil 4 on various different platforms, even going back mm. to that, it was an absolute nightmare. Because yeah, they've got things almost nailed at that yes. point but still even going back that far yeah, yeah th 3d games don't age well you can almost, no, like 2d games do you can almost compare it to movies a little bit like um go back and watch old cgi it looks terrible but films that did Ooh, stuff yeah. with practical effects mm. are pretty much aged fine yeah yes. um, so like yeah. you can almost compare like ps1 games to that old cgi and then Perhaps retro games where they still are aesthetically pleasing are more like films with like practical effects. Mm, yeah, I recently yeah. watched Labyrinth. That's a good it still point. looks as good as the day I remember watching it at my grandma's house. Like it's still a fantastic mm. film because everything in it's practical. There's no CGI. I watched yet. it last week in 4K and it, it looks, looks fucking yeah, ridiculous. It looks it's amazing. But yeah. then if you go back and watch, I don't know. I always think of Jason and the Argonauts and it's weird, like stop motion stuff and how it's obvious how separate some of it was. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure it's there's... still kind of impressive for the time. Oh, yeah. but I'd for, say yeah. something like um, uh, I can't remember the guy, the director's name, uh, the Godzilla that came out in the nineties. Oh, nineties, oh, yeah. uh, ninety-eight. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. The CGI in that film is 
garbage. <sighs> Agreed. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's a really good analogy. Even the first Blade film, that's fucking I awful. was just literally yeah. thinking of Blade. The blood towards <laughs> the end. Yeah. You know, we should be on Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, there's no, that last yeah. fight where he's cutting him all up and stuff, and it looks horrific. Oh, yeah. Shocking! And I'm, like, I'm sure it'd look even worse in 4K because that stuff just doesn't scale. Uh, it's not forgiving. No. So yeah, totally. Um, so I get what he's saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bang on. Yeah. Um, what does he say? He says, uh, for some reason, I'm a massive sucker for an open world game. I guess it has something to do with the freedom, but then I do like a game that's on rails at times to make me appreciate the other games more. Uh, and he finally uh, sums up with the biggest change for me is MMOs. I've played so many of these games, it's scary when I think about it. Uh, as with most people, WoW has been the big one for me, uh, which I do still go back to to check out what is new, uh, maybe once a year. There hasn't been another game like it, and I don't th- I don't know if there ever will be. Uh, I don't know if this is because my tastes have changed, or how much WoW raised the bar that not much else can compare, plus the time you have to put in those games. That's the thing for me. It's like, uh, I'm a sucker. As, as we were saying, well, you know, as I, I made quite obvious in the uh, Twitter chat uh, earlier on, I, I adore Blizzard games. Um, <laughs> but yeah. WoW, I just... I don't, I mean, I play a lot of video games, don't get me wrong, I don't have the time for WoW. I don't think I ever had the time for WoW. That's Um, such a high benchmark, though, that nothing else has ever come close. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there were MMOs that existed before it, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people have made MMOs afterwards. Um, Kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing is ever going to touch WoW. I don't know if WoW will ever end. Uh, it's still got legions of people playing it, um, but it's just, I can sit and play video games for hours on end. I will play JRPGs that have more than 100 hours worth of, um, you know, uh, uh, of, of content. I've played something like a thousand, I think actually more than a thousand hours worth of Destiny Um I'll just put it out there. But, 36 days on Lego Dimensions. There. there you go. Yeah. Come back to me when you've played some more. <laughs> well, um, I haven't... I can't remember the last... What my last check-in was, but, like, when I used to play Football Manager a lot... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It started logging how long you've been playing it in weeks. <laughs> I, forget, I know we've talked about it. I forget which year, but one of mine was like 1,002 hours. So however many that is in weeks. Yeah. That's, a lot. <laughs> that's, that's across one year. Because, yeah. you know, there's a yeah. new one out every year. So 1,000 hours <laughs> in one year on one video game. <laughs> but uh, 5.96 5. Yeah, wow. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's nearly six that's, weeks. That is ten percent of a year. <laughs> oh God! Spent playing Football Manager. That's more than where I sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even saying that, I don't think any of us have got the time to play WoW. No. I mean, even <laughs> when did it come out? Ooh. About 12, 13 years ago. Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, like it that. will be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, maybe maybe if I got sucked into it when it first came out, I probably would have been hooked, but I tried to to come into it a few years later when I picked up like a free 30-day trial and I lasted yeah. about an hour. Um, <laughs> got destroyed. I just got so lost. I was like, I have no idea what's going on in this. <laughs> uh, I didn't get it on the ground floor. Everyone's so far ahead. I have no fucking clue what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's one particular genre that I've tried to dip my toes in from time to time and it's just never happened yeah i've played about I bought well, elder scrolls online oh did you I haven't played it in months <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i played it for a while and then it's just it, because mmos are so social yeah it's not something like you know everyone has like a guild or or whatever they go and play and it's not something you can just jump in and play on your own no. i don't think you can match make uh, in in an mmo uh, like, uh, which is something that you can do in, say, Destiny, which is a quasi MMO. Uh, mm-hmm. Something, yeah, I guess something like Destiny or The Division or something like that is the closest I've ever come to really playing an MMO seriously. But uh, I don't know. I've, I've, yeah, I don't uh, begrudge anyone like Ali, who's uh, had a great time playing lots of World of Warcraft, but it just wasn't for me. No, same. Good on him, but not for me. Yeah. But again, I guess that just kind of shows what a broad church video gaming is. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's just there. There literally is something for everyone, <laughs> from you know your your casual little you know puzzle mobile games all the way through to massively time intensive MMOs and huge open world RPGs. There's, there's I think literally that... something for everyone. Yeah, I think that really shows itself on our end of year lists. Because yes. across all of us, our end of year show is just such a, a weird ragtag list of games. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the most unified last year was, you know, with I think three people voted for Hitman. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most votes for anything. The rest of it were like, huh? What? That's in yeah, your top we ten. The place. Uh, and I've got <laughs> yeah. a feeling that this year will will be even more so. <laughs> oh, it's like going to be a shot. Varied <laughs> bunch, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. We love video games. We think that. Well, if you're listening to this, you probably do love video games. So we're preaching to the choir. But if for some reason you've stumbled across this podcast by accident, <laughs> and you don't really care about video games. Um, first, ask yourself why you listen to an hour, an hour or so of three guys talking about video games, uh, and then go and check some of them out. Yeah, find your own reasons to love them, kind of. Yeah. As, as we've explored, there's many. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to listening to us ramble for however long this is. The it's last, a ramble-a-thon. Yeah, hour or so. Um, I'm going to get back and play some more games. Yeah, normal service will be resumed. (laughs) (laughs) All right then, ta-ra. Cheers, bye. Ta-ra.